Hello, everyone, and welcome to Canadian Sport Institute Pacific's Podium Cast podcast. In this podcast, we explore cutting edge ideas, gain valuable insights, and dive into athletes' journeys from the world of high performance sport. Hello everyone, I'm your host Kendra Stoner and I'm so excited you're here with me today. Before I get to today's episode, I'd like to thank our sponsors Endure. Simon, what do you think of Endure so far? I like socks, I need a hat, so I'm pretty set. (laughs) Socks and a hat, amazing. All right, so I kind of did a little sneak peek of who our guest is today. Today I have with me Simon Whitfield. He has had an incredible sports career, four-time Canadian Olympian, won the first ever Olympic champion in men's triathlon in the Sydney Games in 2000. Closed out those games carrying the Canadian flag. He also won silver in Beijing and carried the flag once more in his last games in 2012 in London. He's had lunch with the Queen, for crying out loud, and was just inducted into the Sports Hall of Fame. Simon, thank you so much for joining me today, and congratulations on being inducted into the Sports Hall of Fame and all your accomplishments. Thanks very much, Kendra. It's <laughs> nice to be here, and it's, it's good to be in Triathlon Canada's office here. Amazing. It's, uh, quite a facility. Yeah, we're fortunate enough to be in Triathlon Canada right now doing this podcast, and a uh, little bit of n- nostalgic feelings. Nostalgic, but impressed. I mean, if I'm a young athlete and I come out to Victoria to see the National Centre and this is the first room I walk into is a room where people, you know, chip away at the rock, they they do hard yards, um, I'm impressed. And then the administration uh, for Triathlon Canada, the governance, they do a terrific job. So, yeah, it's it's, uh, poetic to be here. There you go. Very poetic. I love it. So, Simon, what does it mean to you to be inducted into the Sports Hall of Fame? Uh... It's a really interesting uh, experience. Uh, you don't grow up thinking about that. You don't set. You don't think I'm one day I'm going to go into a Hall of Fame. You um, you just love sport. You love being active. For me, I loved being active. I loved sport, and I, and I was uh, fiercely competitive. But I didn't. Th- you don't think about this induction piece or going to a Hall of Fame. Um, so when then you have a whole sporting career, and then you go through the transition of retiring from that focus to other things and then something like this comes along and it's a very it just inserts itself into your day-to-day your life like now what is the seven years after I stopped racing and uh, as uh, meaningful and as as grateful as you are for the ritual of it and the period of reflection it's also very um, you know, you're trying to move on to the things that you do today, mm-hmm. and then you're being told, asked to repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat the story of something you did before. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting because it's, um, I really try to fortify myself from myself, as in the story of where I came from and what I'm doing. I just try and, you know, just process each and every day and be content with what I do. And so when you get reminded, and it's a funny relationship where, then you get asked about it, you got to reflect on it, and then you know, all of the self-realization that comes with that. That was a long-winded answer, but that's what it's, mm-hmm. it's like. It's all part of your story, though. Yeah, I guess so, but then that story also changes over time, mm-hmm. which is interesting to an extent, and you learn something from it, but then at some point you've like 
squeeze that. <laughs> like, there's no more juice left in that, and it's mm-hmm. time to move. And as they say, they move on. Mm-hmm. And it's not, I don't think because people don't see it from, they see little snippets of it as the person who experiences it, it's quite overwhelming mm-hmm. because it becomes quite a topic to where the people in your own life are going like, like, what are you celebrating again? And you're going, oh man, like I didn't, I didn't ask for this actually. Like, <laughs> this, I've got other, and you've got all of the day to day things you've got to do, and then you're now, they're like, you've got to speak also, and you're like, oh man, I don't know what to say again. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, yeah. What do I say? What, what do you say beyond that? Yeah. Thanks. So there you go. Thank it you. It was a fun ride. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Onwards and upwards. Yeah. What does it mean to live in your values? Oh, good question. Um. That'd be your day-to-day behavior, and uh, and with an eye to forgiveness, I suppose. I mean, I guess, mm-hmm. right? Don't that John Cherry thing that's happening right now is really yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, he's we live in this outrage culture, and this like this person with their own like values and things that they hold dear is watching this like. Sp- this change that's coming so fast can't even process it and this every time they try to process it everybody just yells at them and says you're fired <laughs> and I, that like that's happened in the last couple of days and it's that I'm like watching I go wow like back up from the same hometown as I am from mm-hmm. um, he's you know he's his intentions are all there and good and his values are there and he's like oh this is who I believe we are and what we should be and and he says something and everyone's like I'm those people you're talking about, and I'm really mad about that. And, this, and I'm like, oh, whoa, like, do we just go and bludgeon this person? Take out the story we have, too. And we just, he, had, he expressed himself, and we just bludgeoned him. Mm-hmm. Or we celebrated him. Now he's on this, like, weird, some places he goes to, and he's on a pedestal, and then some places he goes, people just yell at him. I go, mm-hmm. what happened to civility and common sense and gesture and invitation and space? I want to see the hockey night in Canada, Punjab, um, I can't remember his name right now, but I'm on with host Don Cherry. Mm-hmm. We'll see them sit together. Mm-hmm. That would be incredible, and I wish for every, all of my being that I could remember his name right now, but that would be really poetic, and they say hi, and then, like, the code word is hi, meet up there, and onwards and upwards. Yeah. There you go. Cool. Do you have advice for athletes or upcoming athletes that are wanting to live into their values? There is no, there's not better or worse this or that there's just what happened and what's next and it and it's not it, that's the piece it's not it's not better or worse so as they as we draw together and see ourselves and what values we have at times if we don't live into our values then we also have the forgiveness of ourselves to say okay that's this life isn't a straight line this is this, you know, that's, that's the learning. Those flaws, that broken bit in all of us is us. And the idea that we have, we don't just accept that as, we're just content in that, that the struggle. And I, yeah, I am, there you go. Do you consider living into your values uh, practice, much like meditation or yoga or even strength and conditioning training? Do you think they kind of fall in a similar space of, of practice? Maybe be a compass or a, a pillar, like a tenant in which you, it, you, I don't know, 
hold to and do your best to stay in line with. This gives you direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that, but, and in that, if there's flaw in someone, there's no need to, you know, immediately chop them down and go. It's mm-hmm. just like, yep, struggle's real. Mm-hmm. I had this funny, I was at the IMAX, the Science Center in Vancouver at the IMAX, and there's a long, this incredible hallway coming down, a curved hallway, maybe 200 meters long. And this, we're walking up, and this mom and young child are going down, and the kid's running, maybe like a year and a half, two years old, and bails and just slides on the carpet. And mom says, struggle is real, kiddo, struggle is real, and just like gets her up and goes. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I was like, oh yeah, it's true, like right <laughs> from there to at the IMAX, where you're like, what's yeah. going on here, to today, to, you know, 99 living in a home, watching memories go past, you know, mm-hmm. trying to interpret them. Speaking of struggle, in a previous podcast, you had mentioned how you face struggle by walking towards it. Why do you do that? What does that mean? What does that mean? Why um, is that the way you see it? Struggle is real. Struggle <laughs> is real, okay, but you, okay, if you go paddling the ocean and the ocean is terrifying to you, and I, that's my day-to-day, you know, my day-to-day is I go down to the paddle shack at Opie Marina and I open the gate and I'm trying to remember the code and, <laughs> and I pull out the boats and I try and do all the procedures and I love just being out on the water and I love taking people out on the water. I love saying, hey, look, I don't know, here it is too. There's wildlife and space and empty space and it's just incredible out here and I'd love to share it. And in that, I meet people who are... Whether they say it or not, they're afraid of the ocean, the darkness below. I don't know. Just, you know, this is fine and all this is great and dandy, but I just don't want to go in there. And they come out and they go see that empty space. And then at some point, something happens where they just go, oh, like some peace happens with it, right? The struggle. And they go, oh. And then they get in and they go, oh. And the look on their face, like they're like, oh, whoa. Like I'm so much more empowered than I thought I was. I'm so much more capable than I think I am. And for me, that's no longer the ocean. It's other things. Mm-hmm. And within it, though, I have this place where I can go and reconnect and, and as a gesture to others, invite them to say, hey, I can facilitate this. Like, mm-hmm. I'll remember the code at the door and, <laughs> oh, and get the boats out. Mm-hmm. And, and if you want someone to come with you, I will take you out. And the one, like, value proposition I try and bring is um, I can get you back. Like, mm-hmm. I... I can paddle for a really long time. So um, then they experience that and they walk straight at their struggle. And in doing so, so do I. Mm-hmm. I've been engulfed in the idea of finding comfort in the discomfort. I feel like when we're uncomfortable, we're able to learn so much more about ourselves. Not more necessarily, but we're able to face a struggle and see beauty and being able to, to go overcome that. What do you kind of um, see in that? you know, finding comfort in that discomfort. That's right, isn't it? You're if frat, whether or not, you can't become fragile. So in that struggle, you reinforce and you, you, you put in your rebar and you like stand firm and you just, I, th- I think of it as constructive defiance. You just, mm-hmm. you work with others, you find belonging, you offer belonging, you you do your best to, to say this is the best safe space I can offer. Here's, I'll help build shelter, help gather food, um, love y'all, let's protect each other, mm-hmm. thumbs up. Um, 
and and then yeah you just you take on your burden and you struggle and you do that with an eye to maintaining space for others to do the same Mm -hmm. what do you feel about the concept of what's meant to be will be (laughs) it's the uh Ken Liu, who wrote The Paper Menagerie and other stories, I think the open line is, um, there, there is no clarity. There is only the will to endure and the faith to live on. Mm. That's it right there. Like, it's terrifying, too, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you um, just accept it. Yeah. Know. There's something really freeing about that. You accept it, and then you just, there you go. That's mm-hmm. it. Be content. Strive for more is is to grab more and then pay the cost also, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Just don't go too far one way or the other way. Just, like, walk mm-hmm. the middle ground. It's the hardest to walk. It's super easy to be extreme. You can. It's the middle ground's the hardest to walk, and that must be contentment. Yeah. Discomfort, but also content. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, I know you kind of want to move on with your life a little <laughs> bit, but I'd love to bring you back a tiny, tiny bit. Okay. Uh, do you have any regrets about your final Olympic Games in London, 2012? Uh, I'd, um, yeah, I'd love to see. I would If you could go back and watch the tape, like the sliding doors thing, if you could then watch the tape of like without all of the other, without the self-sabotage, mm-hmm. it'd be interesting. I'd love to see. That's what John Brown, my coach, and I missed. You know, we went on this journey together, and we just didn't, we put this, oven we put this cake in the oven and we did all the things we put all the ingredients in and then we just never got to like see what how it did Mm -hmm. you know like we never got to take it out and go oh you came x like Mm -hmm. that's cool and instead i like self-sabotaged and embroiled in which what essentially is what not essentially is human relationship breakdown Mm -hmm. and um the silo effect you know you go over there you go over there don't speak Mm-hmm. And how does that work out, right? It worked out like that. And it, it played out on a big stage. And it was, and you learn a lot from those things. And, and it's all those, all parts humiliating and, um, you know, uh, dismantling and all those things. And then you're, then like the sun rises and you brush your teeth and like life goes on. And mm-hmm. um, now I'm thankful for the experience because I look back and go, oh, whoa, like if you, I thought to myself, you, you, you start to learn how to be a parrot to the idea of being a leader. I'm a leader, I'm a leader, I'm a leader. And people's like, you're a role model. And you go, oh, okay, I'm a leader, I'm a leader, I'm a leader. And then somewhere along your journey, you hear the idea, you hear the idea, like, um, if someone says about you, you he's a leader, but not a, he's not a king. And you go, well, what does that mean? I thought I was supposed to be a leader. I thought kings were bad. And then you explore that idea and explore that idea, and you go, oh, whoa, maybe to lead is to say you don't know what you're doing so you should come with me like look what I've done look what we've done so you should go on this journey with us because you don't know what you're doing so you're not really safe here unless you follow us and safe space or the king queen says oh here's like here's space now bring your bring lean into it bring your like bring your burden and get the work done and that's and bring your expertise your subject matter expertise and like go and prosper together Mm -hmm. um and I realized in that London experience all the way back to that is like, oh, whoa, I was trying to be a leader, but I didn't provide safe space to others, for others to prosper. Mm-hmm. Like poetically, I did read at Buckingham Palace. <laughs> um, and yeah, there you go. So I, what really affect, does affect me to this day, though, is the broken relationships from that. 
Oops, there's poetry. As the ambulance goes by, please go by. Don't worry, Simon, we'll arrest them. Right? It's real world. The real world real just goes world. by. There you go. Oh, man. Um, do you think what happened in London was a reflection of the universe kind of telling you it was time? Nope. I don't think the universe cares. It's not paying attention. It's no. the realm of infinite possibilities. So it that's just the experience I had. And for my belief system and how I tell myself things work so I can like fall asleep finally is that every different iteration of everything works out and including the sirens going by like oh it's, it's great it, that's great that's pathos right that is like pathos. Da, 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 da. ridiculous <laughs> right there Classic. Um, universe speaks <laughs> okay but it, right to go on and say let's say I I you rewind the tape and and different parallel universe I go and I like triumph over the Brownlee brothers and I laugh because no that was not going to happen but say that happens then you're just consumed again by the story of yourself and your own like legacy and that's that's it. that's the epic story right and that is so isolating like thank goodness that didn't happen that right there where you just become so visible and consumed with the story of yourself that's terrifying mm-hmm. that is terrifying like anonymity and I I I learned about from that experience of getting of seeing what notoriety is in my little 15 minutes I see that as it's it's on the other side of adulation is isolation you get very isolated you live in a sense beyond the pale so you had a group of people that you spent time with you had belonging you love to see each and every morning you put your head down and did the work together and then all of a sudden you're off doing things that they, he alluded to it in the introduction. You're going for breakfast, lunch with the Queen of England, <laughs> and they're still they're still plugging away, right? Mm-hmm. They're out running at Elk Lake, and they're out doing the day to day, and they're going like, oh, okay. And so you're separate from the people that you had sense of belonging, and that isol- and that adulation now isolates you, and then you ha- and then you're staring on the outside, and you're not invited to actually do anything. Mm-hmm. And then and for me, that really has brought to me this value of oh whoa, wait a minute you're all invited there's my like what I do on a day-to-day basis is like you're either I don't know the thing I can help you facilitate is go out on the ocean on these you know these boards and we can go there it's an invitation to say hey like this is the best place this is like safe space I can meet you at mm-hmm. so it really makes me very aware of what it means to be an invitation to have that invitation because those it frankly people don't talk about it but it gets revoked and after London, to be, to be this, to be invited to speak at a summit after the Olympics, and then to be uninvited to it because of something you said, mm-hmm. that's really disorient. That's disorientating. Yeah. And for nobody to ever explain it to you, you're just uninvited. Oh, sorry, I had that on my calendar. Like I thought, oh well, I was the flag bearer last week, but now I can't even go. Yeah. Let alone speak, and you won't talk to me about what I said see you later mm-hmm. you know like, that sense of community is kind of oh it's like gone. the whole illusion is like, poof, and you're like yeah. oh whoa you like are going to induct me you're going to do all these things but at the end of the day like you still won't in, I'm uninvited mm-hmm. and that and the story then mm-hmm. and look I have like even at the induction to say something that was political there's something in me that's quite obstinate and like contrarian and 
I don't know if I don't celebrate that. Like I, I don't have a full ownership of that. I do things sometimes like that and go, oh, whoa, what did I just do? <laughs> I don't know. End of the day, you are who you are, and you did what you did, and life goes on. That's right. Drum mm-hmm. roll. Mm-hmm. Shifting a little bit. Yes. Yeah, what's <laughs> what's one of the best experiences you've had as an athlete? Nothing. No, you know what comes to mind. <laughs> I was just like waiting to what came to mind on that. Is I like all of the things that you get. It's you have this incredible diverse experience. Where you get to travel and meet all these people and see these cultures, and you have a you begin to expand your mind to like, whoa, the world is so dynamic, and people are so incredible, and what they're able to accomplish and endure, and how. The work that they do, the things they people they come from, who they are—you know—that's really you get an eye to that. You go to you go to Hungary, you go to Russia, you go to S- South America, you go to South Africa. You go, holy smokes! And then you go through a phase where you feel so guilty about where you know, as a Canadian and where I'm from, and growing up in Kingston, Ontario, and having the opportunity to go to boarding school and now living in Victoria. You have the, all the guilt that comes with that. You mm-hmm. go, oh, whoa! Like I just had so much opportunity that other people didn't have. Mm-hmm. But then I give myself permission to say, oh, wait a minute. I've, I worked on my gifts. I expressed myself. I worked hard. I took that opportunity, and I tried to do something with it. And then the day-to-day, you know, all those things be true, all the privilege that we're told we have. I still live here in the day-to-day and have to take care of my bloody responsibilities, and it's really difficult. Mm-hmm. And people then tell me it's not as difficult as that person. I go, oh, whoa, now we're going to race to the bottom. We're going to see who's the most, who has yeah. the most difficult time, and then we're going to judge the people who have it the easiest. Comparing so hard. No, yeah. No. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. In comparison, we lose sight. Yeah. Everybody struggles. Definitely. Same, same. <laughs> <laughs> same, same, but different. And so it's so easy to say here in the facility I have, but this could be taken. Someone could walk in the door and say, guess what? You're coming with us. You're never going to have access to this again. Puh. Like, that is so temporary. Yeah. That, the earth, the birth could start rumbling, these waves could start moving, holy smokes, Victoria, south of Vancouver, I just got hit by that big earthquake. Mm-hmm. Now life's completely different. How's your privilege now? Mm-hmm. Uh oh, you're super fragile because mm-hmm. your version of problems is there are leaves in the pool. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh no, I can't get in there. There's a bunch of leaves. Like mm-hmm. now you're gonna see how resilient and anti and not fragile we are. Mm-hmm. And I then say, okay, wait a minute. If this is temporary, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna see the opportunities I have right now, and I'm gonna afford my for myself for as empathy for my future self. Mm-hmm. Hey, like, I, mean, I tried to do my best. Yeah. That's all we're trying to do. We're just trying to do our best. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> it's such a, but it's such, that's such a freeing thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you're right. You are. It's at the end of the day. I think it's well said because you are. Yeah. You just say, hey, at the end of the day, like, I screw up. I do all these things. I'm just doing my best. I'm not inherently bad. Mm-hmm. I'm just doing my best in, in that I, but times. Yeah. I'm doing my best. Yeah. yeah. I did some work with uh, Brene Brown concept about thinking that everyone's doing their best. You live a more authentic and I like to say epic life when you constantly think that everyone is trying their best. Do you think that everybody's trying their best? Absolutely. That's, that's right. You're right. There you go. If you come in with, imagine going with the other attitude. Mm-hmm. That's terrifying. 
Yeah. That means you, you, everywhere you go, you are looking behind you and locking doors and terrified. Like, no, everybody's doing their best. And in mm-hmm. their struggle, whether they're lying down needle and arm or they're living in opulent, whatever the opposite of that is, everybody's just, you know, mm-hmm. leaning into it the best they're able. And it's temporary anyway. It mm-hmm. seems like that. So. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So we're only eight and a half months away from Tokyo 2020. Can you think back to being eight months before one of your Olympic Games? What did that kind of look like? I yeah. Uh, I mean, each was different, and there's and it's you know to look back on it and then assign meaning to it. There's it's 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 easy to see that like oh wow like you're you're a wide-eyed kid doing something you love with no pressure on you and then you get to express your gifts and then and you get to hear the anthem and stand by the flag and then of course you go through the like uh oh now what now mm-hmm. you've got all these things you didn't have before and you have all this responsibility and this notoriety and your in your group the people around you have all their needs too that are perfectly valid and and then like now it gets real um so eight months before i would be i it would be if you could chart the like, okay, where what what's the where's where am I in in the in the flow of things, you know those. If you look back and we're look back not at my story but just the collective and go, oh, okay, these is the phases of things. So therefore, this one, it the pattern or the trajectory or the like indications are the probabilities. It's this. So therefore, we factor through with that, and that's great coaching that's great relationships with between um, support staff and the whole you know I kind of avoiding the word chain I want to avoid the word chain of command but that's what comes to mind mm-hmm. of accomplishing this thing you say okay that's the thing we want to accomplish these are all the acknowledged um, things we can control these are the variables this is our team you know lean in let's go mm-hmm. and so eight months out um, establishing and reinforcing belief pattern is everything as it is all the time but it's reaffirming and reaffirming and watching and watching and for me it's not aiming straight at it's it's aiming to one side and drifting it in mm-hmm. the one thing you, you can't control the direction you go but you can choose the direction which you can error and by having that space to drift you make the, the error that you couldn't see, foresee coming and you drift it in Walk towards your struggle. Yeah, sure. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. Um, Do you have any words of wisdom for our athletes or para-athletes coming up into the Olympics? You put your hands in your face. Oh, words of wisdom. No, no, no. No, I was going to be like completely, I think, silence. Like, Mm. nothing needs to be said. You just... blessed silence amazing but right like that's what so often when i was in that what you're talking about now till then i just wanted can Mm. we just be quiet like just let me do my thing yeah you know yeah support me i understand i'm flawed so are you we're Mm -hmm. good thumbs up double thumbs up emoji like let's (laughs) keep going we're doing the best we can yeah doing the best we can like and and in that like just some not more needs to be said you want to go for a run Mm-hmm. You know, that's that thing again in invitation. Like, we always think we have to talk about something. Just go do something. Go yeah. play spike ball. Go bounce on a trampoline. Go for a walk. Mm-hmm. Go see, go 
hang out at the pool. I don't know. You know, do something physical together. That's the gift of it. And for me, on a day to day, that's what saved like all the way back to talking about relationships. They're the only the real thing that matters through this whole thing. The next eight months and onwards is mm-hmm. the relationships with the people around you. Mm-hmm. And you know, be grateful for those, and foster those, and work at those, and do your best. And then find empty space that you can just. That's what saved my specific circumstance. Is like going for a jog together, going for a walk, going to do something. Nothing, no talking about the thing that's on our mind at the present. It's just going and doing physical activity, whether it's running up a mountain or kicking a ball around or chucking a frisbee. Mm-hmm. Community is everything. Yeah, and that physical physical activity to it, like to facilitate that, mm-hmm. gives you permission to not have to say too much. Yep. <laughs> right, and you just around each other and go, like, "Oh, I remember you. Mm-hmm. I like your vibe." You know, you don't have to say so much. Mm-hmm. You're just there. You're yeah, in the present. You're just there. You trust each other. Yeah. You have history. Yeah. Amazing. Well, Simon, thank you so much for joining me today on this podcast. I'm so glad we got to chat. This has been great. And I appreciate you. <laughs> Thanks, Kendra. You, uh, you, I like the Renee Brown stuff. It's really interesting and well yeah. said. I, I take that to heart and that piece. Is, yeah. I, that as a person that you that has come up in the last many years uh, mm-hmm. that Rennie Brown he's going oh whoa yeah be grateful mm-hmm. be be, uh, be kind yeah. yeah have a mindset of positivity yeah as much as you can yeah not everyone's perfect but no. yeah. if you can show up the way that you want to not 80 50 55 percent of the time yeah. you're you're yeah. doing something that's right that's right <laughs> 50.01 you're totally fine yeah (laughs) amazing well thanks for joining us on today's episode of the podium cast stay tuned for the next one have a good one bye-bye thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the podium cast if you have any feedback or topics you'd like covered send us an email at athlete at csipacific.ca Stay tuned for our next episode and have a fabulous day.